0: Welcome to this episode of Reddit Guy. The subreddit we will listen to today is called r slash malicious compliance. Our first post of this episode comes from Memon17 and it titled HOA won't let us fly our modest pride flag, so we just follow the rules. Due to some neighbors flying BLM flags, thin blue line flags, and other opinion flags, our HOA decided last month that we're only allowed to fly the USA flag and nothing else. The day after the decision, we receive an email that someone reported our pride flag that we had in our house since 2016 and that we needed to take it down. We complied and removed the flag. Looking through our new rules, we noticed that removable lights are permitted without restriction, so we bought six colored floodlights and we washed our house in pride colors. A little less subtle than our simple flag, a lot more fun for anyone complaining about the flag itself and what it represents. If you're interested, Here's the house now, link edit to point out that the flag was displayed on the front porch, not inside the house. It was a typo when I wrote, we had in our house. Second edit, this got more attention than I was expecting. Just clarifying that I don't hate my hoa, I don't think they changed the flag rule to attack me personally, and that I decided to do this to show my individuality while still following the rules. I just can't keep up with the comments. Thank you all for your amazing support. The next post from Rustic is titled Get Rid of My Vacation. Have fun replacing me. I originally posted this as a comment on another thread, but realized it needed its own limelight. I worked at a company that gave out exorbitant amounts of vacation. Anyone who worked there for 25 plus years received 8 weeks of vacation and 2 weeks of personal time. This was a family owned company, but rather large. We ran 3 shifts totaling 250 plus people. Enter Jimmy. Jimmy was a gristled old man, he started at the company when he was just 20, now he was 63 and gave absolutely zero shits. Jimmy also knew how to make a specific part for our product, him and one other higher up in the office. One day the plant owner comes out and announces he's selling to a corporation. He's older and ready to retire, he promises that there will be very little change and wishes us all well. The new company comes in and immediately goes after many of the great benefits we had. The first thing they do is cut everyone's max vacation down to four weeks, and do completely away with personal time. Anyone who's maxed out had until December 31st of that year to use it up, and they wouldn't pay it out. They then go into the office and clean house, firing anyone who's close to retirement. Including Jimmy's backup, but they also do away with one very important rule. You no longer have to get vacation approved, you can just call in and take it. Jimmy is pissed, and they know it. They realize he's the only one in the building that can do his job now. So they hire a new kid for him to train, most likely to permanently replace Jimmy. So Jimmy does what anyone would do. He calls in the first training day for the new hire, and lets us know he's going to use all of his PTO at once, and promptly takes 10 weeks off. We had a back stock of parts he had made, so it wasn't too unnerving. But for 10 weeks, Jimmy went and applied to other jobs, found one, and started. Fast forward 10 weeks, it's the day Jimmy is supposed to return. He doesn't. For two days they try calling him, and even go to his house. He's nowhere to be found. Finally on day three he calls and resigns, and they lose their shit. The parts he makes are specialized and patented by the original founder, you can't just hire someone off the street to make them. What eventually happened was they had to contract the original owner to come in and teach some new hires how to make them, and when he found out what all they had done it pissed him off. The last I heard he charged him a seven-figure contract to teach them how to produce the parts, and they had to pony up or close down. Moral of the story, don't fuck with people's vacation time. Edit, Jimmy made an electronic control module that was sealed and stayed fixed in a poured unit made of a two-part epoxy. Edit number two, Jimmy didn't exactly miss out on a seven-figure contract and had zero chance to take one. He left, said fuck em and moved on. When they contacted the previous owner and explained the situation it was basically a you need my help. It'll cost one mil. Type of conversation. Final update. Thank you everyone for all of the attention this received. I had no idea this would blow up like this. I have immediate family working with the company still, so if I hear of any more rumblings I'll fill you all in. Also, I worked here for four years. I have a few other Jimmy stories I may post at other times on the appropriate reddits. Thank you all again. The next post from Curious About Now is titled My boss loves to call me at 6.15am to ask me if I would like to fill the shifts of the people who just called in sick. Dot. This is an everyday thing. I was bored and frustrated, so I decided to volunteer at 3.30am to call this same manager to ask if they needed extra help. He got super pissed and tried to write me up for it. I showed the GM the timestamps of the calls I had received. I don't get calls anymore. The next post from Why Tar Fuck I Get Suspend is titled You Can't Continue Working From Home Because You Go Idle in Chat Too Often. As part of the plan to return to office post-COVID, my company has done a lot of re-designating of who can permanently work from home, who can hybrid, etc. I really wanted to work from home full-time. I hate the office with a burning passion. It's distracting, it's a long commute, there's no benefit to being there, so on and so forth. I'd just rather be at home. Well when we thought May was going to be go back to office time they started giving out the new designations. I got designated as in office full time. It made no sense to me. I work on a team of eight people and each of us is in a different office somewhere in the country. I've literally never been to an in-person meeting or needed to do in-person work in three years at this company. Every single other person on my team got designated to work from home. So I brought it up with my boss and asked to work from home. When I started at this company and lived elsewhere I got to work from home for four months before I moved and the past 14 months during Covid have been at home, so 18.36 of a month at the company have been WFH. What I was told is that I go idle too often in chat to trust to work from home. Basically we have a company-wide IM system that shows you as available, idle, or in a meeting. If you don't touch your keyboard for five minutes you show as idle. So they've decided to use this as a measure for who is working and who isn't. The thing is, like many people in many types of jobs, I don't have shit to do for a full 8 hours every single day. The amount of work I have to do on a typical day takes 3-5 to hours of actual attention. There simply isn't something to do all the time. My performance numbers actually went up working from home, by all objective KPI numbers I'm a better worker at home. In fact, in the KPIs that I don't flat out lead the team in, I come in second. There isn't work to do that I'm neglecting or procrastinating, when something comes up I simply do it until it's done or until I can't do anymore due to waiting on someone else then stop. And I've done that method long enough that my work queue stays empty because I work to get my queue down to the point where when something comes up I can immediately address it and be done with it. But because I have other ways to spend my time in downtime instead of messing around online at my cube pretending to be working meaning I show idle more often, I'm a worse worker apparently. I was told if it weren't for that they would let me work at home. So I wrote a six-line PowerShell script that virtually inputs the period key every four minutes that starts running every day at 8am and stops at 5pm. So now I literally never go idle. I do the same amount of work and still read books, watch TV, and play video games on the side. But I have a shiny green check next to my name all day. Because of Covid complications they eventually said no going back until after Labor Day. I just had a meeting with my boss and he said over this time they've noticed I go idle a lot less than I used to so they're changing my designation to work from home all because of a little icon in some software. This concludes my TED talk on why low to middle level managers are the dumbest, most useless do nothing positions in all of corporate America edit. I do not need to be told to buy a mouse jiggler for the 30th time. I'm aware of what they are. This cost me no money and achieves the same thing. Why would I pay to achieve an effect I've already achieved for free? Edit 2. A lot of people are understandably asking for the script. $dummy shell equals new object com, w script. Shell $dummy shell. Send keys. Quote closing parenthesis. That's the backbone of the whole thing. There's different ways to implement it with for loops or scheduled tasks or whatever, that part's up to you, but that's all the PowerShell needs at its core to accomplish this. A lot of people have pointed out that sending insert or f13 instead of period would be better so change that up if you want. To all the people commenting that I'm a shitty employee and obviously trying to insult me over it, I wish I could make you feel just how little I care. To all the people implying a workday isn't valid if you aren't at 100% capacity from 8 to 5, keep it up, you truly are an ideal employee. Dot. To them. Enjoy the taste of leather, bootlickers edit 3. Some of y'all would be pissed as fuck if I explained the concept of firefighters to you. The next post from Balloon Understudy is titled My neighbors wanted to call a professional to mark their property line, my parents agreed. This was a long time ago but I remember it clearly. We moved into a community with tight space in between our house and our neighbors, and we didn't like them being able to see into our kitchen. We put up a bunch of plants, costing thousands but my parents thought it would be worth it. A week later my parents awoke to the plants completely chopped down. My father was furious and marched down to our neighbor's house. He told my father the plants were on his property line, therefore he had total right to take them down. He warned that if anything were to go on his property again, he would report us to the authorities immediately. Later that day my father called the company that put in the plants and with the warranty we could have them replanted next week for no charge. We made sure there was no way it was on our neighbor's property. However a few days later we caught him chopping them down at 2am. We called the police upon obstruction of property, and after a chat with my neighbor he decided to call a professional and mark his property line. My father agreed. A few days later I got home to find orange tape in my neighbor's yard. Apparently, his fence was 11 feet over our property line. We watched as he took down his fence, completely furious. Within the next month we were enjoying our new space and privacy in our backyard and my neighbor ended up losing one quarter of his backyard. My neighbor ended up having to pay almost 10k for the destruction of our property and we got to plant our plants again. TLDR my neighbor chopped down our plants because he claimed we were on his property. After calling a professional he lost 11 feet of his backyard and had to pay for destruction of property and we got to keep our plants. The next post from Joe's Hill is titled Kentucky Passes Law That All Schools Must Have, In God We Trust, Displayed. School District Complies. Dot. The new law is required as a result of legislation filed by State Representative Brandon Reed, a Republican minister from Hodgenville. It said in part that beginning in the 2019 2020 school year, local boards shall require each public elementary and secondary school to display the national motto of the United States, In God We Trust, in a prominent location in the school. Fayette Superintendent Manny Cork said Wednesday afternoon that in complying with the new law, all schools in our district have been provided a framed version of an enlarged copy of a $1 bill to display in a prominent location. Link. The next post from Chair Cavalry is titled Police officer attempted to intimidate my patient, loses fight to physics. Dot. I'm a paramedic. A few months ago, we're coming back from a routine patient transfer when at an intersection about four blocks from the base I notice a woman sitting on the side of the road with her arms wrapped around herself and her head down. I nudge my partner who's driving, and we flip on the lights and I see her head come up real fast, and she looks terrified. I get out and she relaxes when she sees the ambulance. After I approach, I notice bruising on her wrists and other similar signs of domestic abuse. She seems hesitant to get up off the curb and into the ambulance, so I decided that I would at least pull the cot out of the back and give her something a little more comfortable than concrete to sit on. Now a few important details. All the cots in my service are striker-powered cots. You've almost certainly seen these before. They're bright yellow with black handles and side panels. These cots have a motor and battery built in to allow us to raise and lower the cot at the touch of a button instead of throwing out our backs having to physically lift the cot up after loading someone. They're usually paired with an automatic loading system built into the ambulance that lifts the cot up to the right height to be pushed inside and also secures the cot when loaded. There's a little red tab at the end of the track, just inside the doors, that you press down to free the cot and allow it to slide out. When you press this tab, it simply releases the cot and the loading carriage it's connected to and it's up to you to keep it under control until it reaches the unload position and locks into place again. This can be problematic because these cots weigh about 125 pounds, about 55 kilograms. As soon as I hit the release tab for the cot, I hear lights and sirens behind me. It's a city police car. Which is weird because we had not yet requested police, and we were outside the city, in the sheriff's department jurisdiction. We merely informed dispatch that we were stopping to check on a woman at such and such intersection. The woman says something along the lines of, oh god he's here, and moves faster than me seeing free food being distributed at base. She dashes past me and pretty much hurls herself into the ambulance, sitting on the bench seat. The cop is approaching and he's pissed. I put two and two together and slam the ambulance door shut. Let's call this officer police officer Steve, or POS for short. POS, is that by is she in there? Me, who? POS, you know damn well who I am talking about. Me, you mean my patient. I'm afraid I haven't gotten a name yet. P.O.S., open those doors, I need to talk to her. Me, you're not using my rig as an interview room. You can talk to her at the hospital. We go back and forth like this for a few minutes. My partner at some point came back to see what the holdup was, but overhead my stonewalling and went back to the cab to call our chief. I continue my routine of deny and delay until a pair of deputies, likely specifically requested for this by the chief, arrive. Oh, good. Now I have witnesses. See, we had stopped on an upwards incline. I had hit the release tab on the cot and it wanted to slide back. I had to close the doors so swiftly, I didn't bother pushing the cot back against the stops and locking it in place. Emboldened by the presence of two deputies, he gets in my face. Get out of my way or I'm gonna have to be charged with obstruction. Okay, I step out of his way, and he opens the double doors. Between the cot, the monitor, and the jump bag, I'd say there was probably close to £160 pounds contained by those doors. All of which comes barreling out and hits POS square in the chest. He goes backwards and falls on his ass. One of the deputies laughs aloud. The other walks up and kneels down beside the guy. He says, your shift captain is going to be here in five. I wouldn't be here then if I were you. POS gathers himself up and scowls at me, then stomps off. There is a limited amount that I can say about the aftermath as the trial is not settled yet but we all know how well charges stick to cops. The woman is now living elsewhere, the cop is still a cop, and I have been getting pulled over at least twice a week ever since then. But the video footage of him getting body checked by that cop remains one of the best things I have seen. Edit. For clarification, yes the woman was, is married to POS. And yes, he is allegedly responsible for the abuse. Today's last post from character AD6728 is titled Mill lied about my baby gender." now have to see my baby in the clothes they brought. English is not my first language and I am in mobile, so please be patient with me. They told me in our, Ameth arsehole you guys would like this November last year I, 30f, gave birth to our first baby. It's the first in my family and the sixth in my husband family, 32 meters. It's important to say that all the six kids are boys and mill is in some sick baby girl rabies. Ever since we made the announcement Mill convinced herself that I was pregnant with a girl. I told her that once we knew the gender she would be the first one to know. We told her it was a boy, she still was convinced it was a girl. She told the whole side of the family it was a girl. I corrected but she told them I was just annoyed BC I wanted a boy first, I wanted a healthy baby, I didn't have a damn about the sex. She also told them we are naming the girl after her mom, which we will never do BC hubby hates his grandma. When the baby shower gift started to come I noticed a lot of things that wasn't in the register. Embroidered things with grandma's name. And it didn't matter we told him the gender and the name, and make clear we are not lying about the gender. Everyone believed her well, the baby was born. And imagine the surprise. Dot. Dot. It was a boy, just like we have been telling everyone. The problem, for them, was that now the baby have plenty of, girly, clothes, pink onesies etc, and we are dressing our baby with them. Especially for his family video calls and for pictures for them. After Saturday call, Mill called us to scream to us BC we are making the elders uncomfortable for not sticking to a masculine colour scheme for the baby clothes. And we have to stop being this childish, she just threw my belly shape was more like girl than for a boy. We told her we will not change the baby's clothes, and to just await until the dresses fit. He will look adorable.